good morning, church. Man, it is great to be back here with all of you this morning. Good morning to all of you who are joining us online. As we come and worship our awesome God, make room for him to work in our lives, right? And celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. We absolutely overwhelms me and celebrate. Woo-hoo over here, right? Amen to that. Um, if you're a guest with us this morning, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you're here today. We celebrate that you are joining us as we celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. My hope today is for you is that you made, were made to feel welcome and wanted. And then when you walked in today, you're like, okay, I want to come back. And you're willing to come hang with us as we chase this life, what it means to live for and with Jesus Christ. Um, before I get into this morning's conversation, church, I need your help this morning. Would you, would you be willing to help me? Yeah. All right, so I need your help this morning. Um, I want to honor one of our own today. Uh, I think it's important. Scripture is very, very clear that where honor is due, you give it. And I want to honor someone this morning. And I don't know where she is coming from, which side. <laughs> Annie, will you come and join me this morning? I want to give a second honor, Annie. Um, you know, Annie works at their office here, and she kind of the glue that holds a lot of us together. Um, <laughs> It holds me together. Uh, but as scripture shares also, there's a season for everything. And God has been working in Ad Annie's and Adam's heart to make some changes in what she's doing throughout the week. And Annie will be stepping out of the office into another office in our community, uh, being a light in the, of gospel of Jesus Christ. We're in this in our own town, right? Um, but it's very, very important to understand that, you know, she's still with us. She's part of our family. She was singing this morning, make room. I'm crying in the back. Um, but it, I want to honor her this morning and thank her and praise her for allowing God to use you in this ministry and will continue to use you um, in amazing ways. If you just want to take a second and say thank you. And if you guys would just want to. This has not been an easy decision by any means. I have loved my job. I promised I wasn't going to break down out here. It's not been easy. Um, but I, like you said, I am very excited about this next chapter that God has led Adam and I to. But I asked Rich if I could just tell my church family thank you. I have loved this church. you guys and it wouldn't have been possible without you for me to be in this position and to be able to work and yet still fulfill my calling as a mom and a wife and I am just incredibly incredibly grateful to each one of you for allowing me to serve you over the last five years and I'm not going anywhere <laughs> you will still see Adam out in the parking lot waving to you and our kids running amok in kids ministry and I hope that I get to um, serve more up here on the worship team with not having to fulfill all my job duties out there on a Sunday morning. So I am just exceptionally, exceptionally grateful for each one of you for allowing me to serve you for the past five years. So thank you. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. Yes. You are loved. You are loved. Church, while you're standing, oops, <laughs> would you do me a favor and pray with me as we pray over Annie? Oh, yes. 
And would you do that? Father, we thank you again for this morning, for your mercy and your grace in our lives. We thank you for community in this church, the body of Christ working together for your glory. God, we lift up Annie to you this morning and thank you uh, for allowing us to have her in the office for so many years and how she has served you to, uh, to glorify you uh, and blessed us around her. Um, Lord, I know that you're not done with her. I thank you that you're bringing her into this community in a way that she can be a light of hope to others around her. They share the light of Jesus with others around her as well. I pray that you bless her in this transition. Uh, bless her family um, as they continue to uh, live for you as they serve in here in the church and be more in the community for your glory. Uh, Lord, I pray that you, she feels your love this morning, but also the love of the church that's in front of her in an amazing, amazing ways. When your glory we pray, amen. amen. Thank you so much, Anna. Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, Annie's, Annie's absolutely awesome. I love her to death. And I always joke with her because she reminds me about my plants that are dying in my office. And she says, well, you need to water your plants. I don't know what's going to happen now. <laughs> Someone better send me a text message on Mondays and Thursdays. Rich, water your plants. Um, well, we're stepping into a new series today. Um, and if I'm going to be honest with you this morning, this series has been, God has been working in me and through me over the past several years. And this series is titled So Much More. Uh, it's a series that has, uh, God has taken a culmination of my life experiences, all my life experiences, and brought them to face-to-face with the truth of the gospel of Christ. Um, it's a series that, that has been an anchor for me many times, the difficulties in my life when I think I'm going sideways or, or I'm not feeling... Uh, connected or I'm feeling empty or worthless in my life. And God has just walked me through a season of time in my life where he's just kind of like, I'm here, I'm here. I want to show you what I have for you. If you just open up your eyes and see and start living for that. So as I was starting writing this series uh, quite a while ago, God brought it to my attention that I'm not the only one who deals with some of this stuff that we're going to be walking through. A series is so much more. I'm not the only one. There's people who are in front of me this morning um, that need to hear the truth and let the truth set them free. Because that's what the gospel does. Um, this series, we've been given a life of so much more in Jesus. That's why it's called so much more. In Jesus, we've given a life of so much more. A life that's so much more than many of us are actually living for too long, too many of us, God's children, Christ redeemed, and his rescued church have unknowingly missed out on the freedom and the fullness that is truly before us in Jesus Christ. You know, somehow, someway, we have allowed the corruption of this world, either through personal disbelief or hurtful people or unloving comments that people have shared with us over the years or hardships in life and experiences in life, we have allowed that to come into us and keep us from the promised life in Christ. We have given power to our past. We've allowed it to dictate the pathway of our future. And that cannot be. That cannot be. And if you're with me and you're thinking, okay, what is this so much more? What does a life in Jesus truly offer me? It's time for us as a church right here, right now to stop living life with blinders and barriers in front of us and start living the everything in life that Jesus gives every single one of us in this room, right? I mean, I say this all the time. You know, you're probably sick of hearing it. And I, through this series, I, I, my hope is that it will become more than words for you. 
But this idea will become a heartbeat for life that Jesus truly changes everything. Jesus changes what? Everything. Jesus changes what? Everything. And if that is true, why in the world we want and live anything less than the everything that he has for us? I don't know about you, but I only have one life to live on this planet called Earth. And I, God and I have been talking and fighting through this past over the years. I don't want to miss out on some of God's greatness in my life because I was too afraid to ask the hard questions. Because I was too afraid to be disciplined enough to receive what he has for me. And I hope you feel the exact same way. In Jesus, you, me, we as a church have been given so much more. And this series, what I want to do together is attack those barriers that are in front of us that are holding us back. And bring head on with them with the word of truth, busting free what has been holding us captive. Now, some of you may be thinking in this room that life isn't so bad. Like, come on, Rich, you're making like, whoa, I mean, caged up, life isn't so bad. I agree with you, life isn't so bad. But I'd also have to say, I believe you too have barriers in front of you. Things that are in your life right now that are stopping you from living the best life in Jesus Christ. You may, one, you may either know about them and you're like, oh, I'm just going to live the status quo. This is as good as it gets. Or you have no idea they exist. You're not aware that they're in your life. So that's where we're walking through in this series. How do we experience life of so much more in Jesus that many of us are missing? Let's open your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, we're starting at verse 1 this morning. Your Bibles or your Bible apps, hopefully you were bringing your Bibles or opening your Bible app this morning and joining me with this. John chapter 10, starting at verse 1. If you do not have a Bible or Bible app, you can follow along on the screen as well. As we're stepping into John chapter 10 this morning, in the scripture, we are actually stepping into the life of men and ministry of Jesus Christ. And as we do, we're going to see Jesus having a very pointed conversation with a group of guys that are known as Pharisees. Pharisees were a group of religious leaders in the first century who were known to be experts in the law or experts of the Old Testament. They knew God's word more than, and better than anyone else, and they were convinced they knew exactly what it took to live the best life possible. Maybe. Maybe that's how some of us are feeling this morning. Like, we know. I mean, I know what it, what it takes to live the best life possible. But then Jesus steps on the scene and he starts setting everyone straight. So if you've got your Bibles open, verse 1 of chapter 10, he says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Let's just stop right there. Because right now we see Jesus setting the scene. 
He's setting a scene with two different types of people entering into the sheep pen. One enters the gate as one who has authority to have access. That is the shepherd. And the one who climbs up the fence who doesn't belong is coming in the wrong way. He calls them thieves and robbers. So we have two different groups of people. And the time that they would understand exactly what he's talking about, because this is not the first time that God has been referred to as shepherd. This is not the first time that God refers to his people as sheep. In fact, if you look back, all the way back to the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 34, which was written over 500 years before Jesus steps on the scene, this is what God says in Ezekiel. Verse 11, chapter 34, it says, For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search my sheep and look for them. As a shepherd looks for his scattered flock, when when he is with them, I will look for my sheep. Let's stop there. See, the Jewish people would have understood and all those around would have understood the, the clear imagery that Jesus was portraying, that Jesus is the shepherd and we are his sheep. But they completely missed the point that Jesus was making. So guess what Jesus did? You got to see this. I love this. Look at verse, look at verse seven. Look what the beginning of verse seven starts off. It says, therefore, Jesus said it again. (laughs) Come on. This is so us. Jesus said it again. How many times has something had to be repeated to you for you to hear hear it right? All right, come on. Raise your hand if that's happened to you. It's the same with us, like we go through our kids, our parents tell us like, do this. And we're like, what? Do this, what? Do this. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do this, right? That's the same it is with Jesus. Jesus speaks into our life and sometimes we have to hear it more than once. And so he continues to say it again in verse seven. He said, therefore, Jesus says it again. Truly, I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. And then here is the key verse for this entire series, verse 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Life to the full, to the fullest, abundant life, or life abundantly, whatever your translation may say. But Jesus very clearly has proclaims here that he came, that those who believe in him will have, have been given the opportunity, have open door access to life to the fullest. That means it's the best possible life with Jesus. Not, not only for the forever and ever and amen in heaven, but also for right here, right now, life on this earth. And so what Jesus is clearly saying to this, and this is the point for us this morning, you understand this, is that anyone or anything leading you away from Jesus or the promised life in him is a thief. Anyone or anything leading you away from Jesus or the promised life is a thief. And thieves come to steal, kill, destroy what God wants to do in your life. They climb into our lives, right? You read that earlier, they climb into our lives. They don't have authority for our life, but they come in. And they have one goal. To take us down. To hold us back. Stop us from embracing what God has truly for us and Jesus. 
Friends, many of us right now have thieves and robbers in our lives. And they're stealing God's best for you. You might not know it, but they are. They're there. They're stealing our freedoms. They're robbing our joy. They're holding us back from experience, experiencing life or pushing us down or making sure that we never give up or never get up. They're the biggest bullies in our lives. And they're trying to steal our hope. They're trying to crush our dreams. And it's time for you and me to give them the eviction notice. Because they don't belong. They take all these things they're holding them back and introduce them to King Jesus. And they don't stand a chance. The harsh reality for many of us in this room or for some of us in this room, is that we've been walking and living with these thieves and robbers in our lives for so long, we feel like they belong. I mean, this is exactly what I walked through for several years. Some of the things that I was walking through, God is like, no, 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 they're holding you back. They're stealing from this joy that I've given you. They're stealing from the life that I have planned for you. But I had grown up all my life thinking they belonged. They're a part of who I was. They, I couldn't live life without them. I couldn't imagine life with them not being there. And we start believing what these thieves and robbers are saying to us or have done to us or doing to us. We start believing them as gospel. And so when the true gospel of Christ comes in front of us, we don't recognize it for what it is because we have become comfortable with them in our life. And we come to this point where we feel that there's nothing more. This is good as it gets. I don't deserve anything greater. God has nothing more for me. Friends, Jesus is the gate to so much more. He is the starting point of life of so much more. But we get caught up sitting here, staring into the pen, staring out through the pasture of abundance with Jesus Christ, never fully engaging life to the full that he provides. Because thieves and robbers are telling us that all that we see before us is not for us. That's junk. Total junk. And so many of God's people are sitting right there. So what I want to do this morning, I'm going to throw up some ideas. Throw up some ideas, a list of possibilities. So I want us to start opening our eyes what, our, and what these thieves and robbers may be in our lives. The list is not exhaustive. By any means. And each one of these things I share can go multiple, multiple way, multiple directions. But I want you to see, I want us to see the realities of our freedoms in Jesus and the fullness of Jesus that are being stolen from us. So first one is this, habits. The first one is habits. These are patterns of life that we live, we put into practice that create a barrier to the freedom 
We're all creatures of habit. We did a series on this last year. We get into a routine and think there's nothing of it. There's nothing more. You know, we get into this idea with digital time. We bring up our phones. We get in games. We get sucked into pornography. We're scrolling all day long. We're binge watching TV. All this kind of stuff becomes a barrier for us, what God has for us. Eating. I love eating. But sometimes eating can become consuming too much of what we want. What about family? Family over faith. That we continue to put the priorities of what our family wants over the responsibility to pursue Jesus. Forgetting that, that, that our best life, our Jesus, our rock solid faith is what carries us through and helps us lead our families in a godly way. What about fear? Fear is another reality for many of us in this room because fear, fear has been a thief in my life for far too long. Times in my life where God has called me, stepped me out, called me out, and I simply didn't take that step because I was afraid. That we have fear over faith, we end up going nowhere. Not willing to trust what God has next, that we don't move forward. Not willing to trust him with everything he has. We can trust him with our eternity, but we can't trust him what he's calling us to. So we don't take those next steps. We become hostage, held hostage to fear. It controls us. We miss out of so much. What about insecurities? Do any of you struggle with insecurities? I know I do. The feeling that we're not good enough. Feeling that worthy enough for the life that Jesus truly has for us. That people in our past or present are most likely in our future will say things or act in way in hurtful ways, become extremely critical to us, saying that we'll never amount to anything, that we're worthless. Instead of living the best life here and now, we shut down. We shrink back. And feel like life is behind bars. And the life that we truly want, we're just gazing through them. Because someone at some point in our lives or many points in our lives has told us that we don't deserve anything better. So we go through life questioning everything that God's calling us to do or what's in front of us. We don't have the capability or we're not worthy. You know, all this kind of stuff just builds up. What about people? people become barriers in our lives. I've said this many times, that we become like who we hang with. That many of us have people in our lives that are not pointing us to or leading us to the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. Just being around them, spending life with them. We don't live, in, we don't go backwards. We don't go forwards. We basically live life in neutral. This is as good as it gets. Maybe it's your friends. You know, maybe some of these people are your friends. You're afraid to uh, step outside and live the Lord Jesus out loud in your life. Maybe think about this way. Who in your life do you shield your faith from? That you don't tell them that you're a follower of Jesus. That you hide that because you're afraid that you won't be invited to the next barbecue And maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you're sitting on the edge 
of ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, make him the Lord of your life. But because you know the friends that you're with and you're hanging with right now will want nothing to do with you in the future because of Jesus, you choose not to. Tell me that's not a barrier to the best life. Maybe it's people you love. Love is a very powerful emotion, friends, that drives us. And there's many times in life that we're making heart decisions rather than Christ decisions. We're willing to overlook God and his word and his will for our lives. Why? Because we love people who are in front of us. This will take some hard conversations to work through, but let me just share with you, God's will never contradicts God's word. So if he's calling you to something different, it will not contradict his word. You know, and people I've seen in the past have made some decisions, some rash decisions. They said, well, no, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And the reality caused more pain down the road than they ever wanted in life. And ultimately, it moved them further away from God than they ever want to experience. Another one's Identity. We don't truly understand who we are in Jesus, right? We have allowed other people to shape who we are. We forget who we are, whose we are. We look to the world to say, okay, this is who I need to be when I look in the mirror. When I see the mirror, we're ignoring the feeling of emptiness because we're trying to be everything the world says we need to be, but not who Jesus says we need to be. We've tied our identity to other people and their acceptance of us, not what Jesus says who we are. We think that we need a man or a woman in our life to have worth. Ladies, ladies who are single, young or old, can I just tell you, Jesus is your man. Jesus is your man. If your man does not love Jesus more than you, then he is not a man for you. Because he can't love you and lead you like Jesus if he doesn't love Jesus. And please, please hear me on this. You can't change him. That's God's job. He's not an evangelistic project. Jesus changes the heart. Guys, the same is true for us. Jesus is our Lord and leader. We can only find our fulfillment in him. Not the woman on our arms. Not in our gun collection, not in our possessions, not in our titles, not in our salaries, only Jesus. If we tie our identity to anything else, we are missing everything that Jesus has for us. There's a barrier in front of us. We are freed by Jesus. We're called to become like Jesus. We are first a child of God above all things, and that is where our identity needs to lie, church. How about guilt and shame? Things that haunt you from your past. Decisions that you made last year, last month, last week, last night. Shut you down. You feel that God can't love you because of them. You feel unworthy to to embrace real life in Jesus because your shame has built false barriers in front of you for living truly free. Free. 
In fact, in a couple weeks we're going to get into this, but I want you to read this this morning on the screen, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension sets itself against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and make obedient to Christ. That we take everything that we feel of guilt and shame and adequate identity, we just crush anything down and make it obedient to who Jesus says we are. Approval and acceptance. How many of us in this room have ever done anything to be liked? We step through a wrong door to be accepted. Because we want to be a part of something that we're not. Well, that's a barrier. You will not compromise who you are. I got to ask, did this start hitting home with any of you? Did you find yourself nodding your heads? Did you catch yourself dropping your head because you felt that I was talking to you? Were you afraid to look at your spouse or your children because you think, okay, that might acknowledge to them there might be some kind of area of struggle in your life? All of us have them. These and so many more things in our life, barriers and blinders, calling us out to the battlefield of life. And they're stopping us from living a life that we've been truly given in Jesus Christ because they're calling us who we are not and not who we are. You know, there's a story back in the Old Testament. Most of us may know it. It's a story about a guy named David and a, and a giant named Goliath. Anybody familiar with that? You ever say this giant man, this boy, shepherd boy is slinging a stone. We've sing songs about it. We have children's Bible stories about it. But it's an amazing, amazing story. You should read it in the book of Samuel. But it, it talks about this guy, this giant named Goliath. And he was coming out and calling out the Israelites. He's a Philistine. He's calling out the Israelites day in and day out. And look what he says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 8. This is Goliath talking. He goes, am I not a Philistine? Am I not a Philistine? And you, are you not the servants of Saul? Now you may read this verse and think there's really no big deal into it, but you can understand when he challenged Israel, Goliath tied himself to his people. Goliath tied himself to what his heritage, what he stood for, what he believed in. But when he spoke to the Israelites, he tied him to an earthly king. This is who we are. That is who you are. He times to the king of Saul rather than the kingdom and the people of the kingdom of God. That they were a chosen people. That they were a loved people. That they were a protected people. And they were a free people. No, no, he was telling them who they weren't. To cut them down. To shut them down. To cause fear. And you have to go back and step up and read this later on and see how 
David stepped up to, to face Goliath as reminded him who he was and who was with him and who had his back. Look at verse 45. It says, you come against me, this is David speaking, you come against me with a sword, a spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. You're telling me who I'm not. I am telling you who I am. And who has my back? Same as for us, church. This world, people, situations are telling you who you are not in Jesus. They're holding you back from what he truly has for you. And it's time for us to stand up and say, no, no, no. This is who I am. And guess who's got my back? Thieves and robbers steal they enter, they climb in, they claw in. But Jesus calls us by name. And that's why he has his church. We need to start listening to our shepherd. We need to start listening to his voice, his leading, his purposes, and start experiencing life to the full breaking free from the strongholds that hold us down, ditching the lies that have been fed us for too long. And I get it, some of these ideas we're gonna walk through and you think, okay, I, this is easy, I can handle it, but some of them are gonna really take some effort. But we need to remember, but as children of God, you have the spirit of God residing in you, giving you everything you need to do just that. So this is what I want you to do this week. I want you to get real and honest with yourself and God. I want to start digging into the identity of what is stealing from you. Right now, where in your life have you been holding back? Where in your life have you been held back? And once you've figured out what it is, Say it out loud. Verbalize it. Now, there's no fucking magic to that. But there's some reason once we verbalize it, it becomes an object of our attention and we can say it's time for you to go. Yes. Several years ago, I preached this conversation. Um, and a young lady in our church who she was probably in her 30s, gave her life to Christ as a young, young girl. But she, had, she was deathly afraid of water and deathly afraid of being in front of people. And she, she never would stand up and come up and be baptized. And we're rocking through this series that she realized this, this fear of water has been holding her back from being obedient to Jesus and experiencing so much more. And we had a private baptism and she went under and she stood up and she praised God. You can have the same experience. No longer being held back. No longer being held down. And you think, come on, Rich, there might be some small things. Well, small things are still holding you back. You might have some big things that are holding you back. So be real. Figure it out, figure it out what it is. Say it out loud. start having a conversation with God about it. 
asking him to show you why it's there. God, show me why it's here. Show me where this is stemming from. And then ask him a real pointed question. God, show me what it's keeping me from. What is this? What is it stealing from me? How is it being holding me captive? What is it being held me captive from? Take those next steps. On your way out this morning, you're going to receive this card. And it has the 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5 on it. And I want to challenge you as you walk and receive this week to memorize these two verses. Memorizes, memorize these two verses. And so when things start creeping in your mind, tells you you're not worth it. When things start creeping into your life, saying you don't go any further, say these verses out loud. There is power in the spoken word. It's how Jesus defended from Satan. And he has called us to do the same. And over the next few weeks, we're going to build a foundation for the life that he has given us. A life of so much more that we have in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for working in my life, showing me what's been stealing the best life in you for me. But as you reveal, God, I am not alone in this. There are my friends and my family in this room who are experiencing the same things. We've either been, we've been status quo, we're like, everything's okay, we don't deserve anything more, or we've been blind to the fact that they're actually in our way. So I pray for this series. A life is so much more. Bust free, freely take hold of the life that you have for us, the abundant life. They will call the barrier for what it is. It's a thief and a robber in our lives. It climbed into our life. It has no authority to be there. And in the name of Jesus and his word, we kick it out and start embracing everything that you have for us. Now, right now, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. Maybe you're identifying with some of the things I shared this morning. And your first step to get them out, to recognize them, is to come up and have a conversation with our prayer team so they can pray with you, pray over you. Spend that moment with you, raising it up and crushing it with a word of truth. Maybe you're in this room this morning and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ. And you recognize that some of the things in your life has been a barrier from you accepting him because you're afraid of what may happen tomorrow. Let me just share with you up front, Jesus will change everything. So maybe it's your next first step this morning is to come up and surrender your life. Make him the Lord of your life. Figure what's your next step with him to embrace the life of so much more. God, we thank you that we don't do this alone that we have you with us and within us as your children to give us the courage and strength that we need. But I pray that we actually do it. As you show us how much is in front of us that Jesus has given every single one of us who are in you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.
God bless you. Have a great week.